0: Sports, Alex, NHL.com. That website still stinks. But so do the Islanders. Isn't that weird? And their GM is going, hey, that's on me. Huh, what's the common denominator? I wonder why they're they're not as good this year. Hmm, let me think about it. Let's see. Let's see if the Washington Capitals can weigh in. You think they had maybe a similar experience? Anyway, I digress. Uh, This Predators team. They can't really uh, – they don't make it easy, do they? They don't ever make it like – you don't get to coast to the finish line with them in a 6-1 victory. You got to hold on and hang on pins and needles the whole time, but that was a good game last night.
1: Yeah, it just goes to show you You really can't take individual games, at least not for the most part. You can't take individual games uh, as, as too indicative of, of a team. You really have to look in chunks. And, like, last night it, it, they, they had a fairly complete game. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but, but in terms of, I mean, all of the analytics, shots, expected goals, shot attempts, hits, things like that, I mean, they, they kind of dominated the, the Winnipeg Jets. But if you watch the first period, you probably wouldn't think that just because Winnipeg, you know, got the early lead and, and there was a lot of kind of muck in the middle, not a lot of action either end. But the Predators really turned it on in the second and third period. It, it, you know, that game, compare that with any of the recent, you know, four or five games, really look kind of different. So if you think about that game in context of where the team is right now, it does feel like a trend in the right direction. But, you know, as soon as we say that, you know, they have the New Jersey Devils tomorrow night who are very good. You know, I, I could just as easily see a, a 6 nothing blowout loss at home against New Jersey because – there's just still something about this team that feels incomplete. And there's still moments where you watch them on the ice and you think, boy, there's not really much going on here that looks anything like anything good. So I, I don't know if you had that same reaction, but it, it just it feels like there's definitely times where you see spots of, oh, this team could could put it together, but then also gaps where it doesn't look complete. So
0: now, What you just told us is they just had two really good wins over L.A., and winnipeg to probably you know, two playoff teams and you start to feel really good you're starting to feel really good about them alex so you're setting yourself up for a letdown is what you just told us
1: that, that's pretty much right yeah, yeah. If, if the team comes out completely flat tomorrow and, <laughs> and new jersey just wipes the ice with them it, it, i that's just be ready for that i i don't think things are solved and that they have everything figured out because i just it's just not the case
0: well let you know look they're there, like I said, those were two really good wins after the dud game in St. Louis. They had a you know players-only meeting. What you know now that we're we're well past the, you know well not well past it but we're past the midway point. What are they? How many games do they have left? Thirty-five is that right? I'm just doing this off the top
1: of my head. Thirty. That, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Forty-eight, let's, 48 let's, games. Let's go with games in. Yeah. yeah thir,
0: 35, 36, 34 games somewhere in that window. Uh, You know, things about to be there's going to be a break and then we're going to be in February. Okay, it's so what what would you put your finger on? I mean, this team has shown what they're capable of. I mean, they can beat good teams. They can play really good hockey. And then they've also shown us that they can come out and be flat or not be able to hold on to a lead and and come away with nothing. So what do you put your finger on on, you know, what's been going on for the bulk of the season?
1: Um, well, just first of all, about the meeting uh, that they had, I, I do. I just do want to clarify: it was not a players-only meeting. It was a team was, meeting.
0: But, you're right. You're right. It,
1: it was players and coaches, yeah. and uh, and I got I, I I was able to talk to several of the players about that meeting, and I I think, and, you know, they didn't give me everything. They didn't say everything about the meeting. Of course, they're, you know, if you ask about who said what, they're they're not going to tell you that. But but from some of the things that I was able to infer from that meeting and hearing them talk about it. You know, I really think it starts with the top players. The big players, the, uh, the the top performers who are supposed to be the top performers, Roman Yossi, Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, Mikhail Grandlin, probably Matthew Shane, probably Matthias Ekholm, are all taking responsibility for not only the loss in St. against St. Louis, which was horrible just in terms of the result, but the the general inconsistency. And I, I do get the feeling that that was a productive meeting. I mean, it did sound like – there were things that were talked about that maybe hadn't been before and we're now out there, which is good. That, that sounds like that's, that's progress. Of course, you know, you wonder why did it take now? Why, why did it happen now? That's, that's sort of a a careful area that I think probably the coaches probably had a better read on that. You know, when is the time to, to, to throw in that? Okay. We need to call everyone in and really talk about what's going on. When, when do you do that? And so I guess last Saturday was the time. And the on-eye stuff, Darren, I, I mean, I, I've looked at this team up and down. I, I really can't pinpoint a single particular thing that isn't working. It's just, as I've said before, I, I, I think with you guys, is it just seems like they don't have the one thing that they're doing well. I, they don't have, except for goaltending, except for goaltending, but goaltending doesn't lo- is what prevents you from losing. It doesn't actually go out there and win you games. You have to go score goals. So there's not one thing offensively, especially that they're doing all that well. The power play is average to below average. The the forwards are good some nights, bad other nights. The lower-skilled players are just not good enough to consistently score or consistently good scoring chances. So there's just not a one thing that they're doing particularly good that is holding them back generally, I, I think, at this point.
0: I'm hosting the the players' show tonight in Cool Springs at, at Brewhouse South. Nino Niederreiter and Ryan McDonough are the other guests. I think those have been two – Really good signings. Ryan McDonough was obviously huge last night when Carrier went down. He, he logged more minutes than any other defenseman last night, almost 27 minutes of ice time. I'm a little surprised. One, I want to know what you think of those two signings sitting here, you know, this, at this point in the season. And two, if you agree with me that they were really good signings, I wonder why they haven't been able to, I guess, elevate this team a little bit more than, than what we, we've seen thus far.
1: Yeah, I, I think that the obvious, well, maybe not the obvious, but the, the way I see it with those signings, they, they were good. I mean, the, the McDonald was a trade, obviously, and let's not forget, the, you know, part of the reason in that trade was... Uh, By the way, they gave rare. away
0: nothing for that trade. Absolutely yeah, nothing. Right,
1: exactly. They, they, were, they were taking on cap, They gave away nothing. They, they basically got him for just whatever he... Taking on his, you know, his contract. contract. Yep, yep. Exactly. Exactly. So it was a good, it was a, a good exchange from that perspective. Nino Niederreiter signed kind of a at market or below average market uh, price, so that's good too. So the cost is not huge, but I, the the impression I get about those particular two players is that they are kind of complementary pieces, right? I mean, they are. You put Nino Niederreiter in an all star lineup, he's going to look incredible, right? He's got got a lot of really good physical skills. He's good in front of the net. He can pass. He can shoot. He can do all those things well, but he's more of a complimentary piece. He's he's pretty good when playing next to other really good players, and McDonough, I think you could say the same thing for him. I mean, since his days in New York, and then obviously winning a couple cups with, the, with Tampa, he was more of a complimentary defenseman. Not a, He was not the, the number one defenseman. That was Victor Hedman. That's pretty clear. He's not the number one defenseman here in Nashville. That's Roman Yossi, so I still think he's just kind of complimentary. It's not like he's bad. He's certainly a, a good defenseman. He's a good, good impact in that locker room and on the ice. But um, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. I think these are complimentary pieces that make them overall. You know, they have better talent in the room. But are they guys that the other teams have to really key in on? Like, oh, we got to really watch out for ninety for for twenty two because he's gonna. He's gonna gonna get us if we don't watch him. We gotta watch out for 27 because he can jump up in the rush. I don't think so. I, I think they're we're really still more worried about number 59, Roman Yossi, and number nine, Philip Forsberg, than they are those two guys. Yeah,
0: Tanner Jeannot is not gonna reach the goals that he did last year with 24. We know that, but he did get his fourth <laughs> goal of the season last night, and it had been a pretty long drought since he had last scored. Do you think maybe a goal? Uh, last night's goal, a little wrap around, uh, is something that maybe can spark him in that department. I know he's been doing other things and brings other things to the table, but do you, you know, they could use some production out of a guy like him who gave them production last year.
1: You know, it's it's really just a matter of numbers. I mean, he's getting the same amount of he's having almost an exact same kind of season this year than last year, except for the the pucks not going in. So like, he's getting the sim- similar numbers of shots on goal per game similar numbers of, t- of time on ice, uh, distance from the goal when he's shooting, all that kind of stuff, He's all of it's the same. The only difference is he's shooting 5% rather than 19%. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think it's probably coming. I mean, I, some of that is just luck. I mean, it really sounds silly to say, but this, this game has a lot of luck in it, and he hasn't gotten a lot of it early on, and it's probably coming. Uh, the same thing happened to Matt Duchesne, if you remember when he first got here he was just really could not get, he could not score uh consistently and then last year has a forty goal season. So I think Tanners knows probably got some more goals coming. He, he's not gonna get to twenty four like you said, but um you know, he'll he'll get to double digits and you know, they've got he's got plenty of time to do that, but I think he'll be in the ten to fifteen goal range by the end of the end of the season.
2: So, as you know, sir, I've been on this hockey journey with you throughout the uh, year here. And what I would do in any other sport as we come down the stretch uh, towards playoff time is I would start to look at the schedule and try to figure out who are we chasing and how many games against those teams do we have left. Well, I've done so with your Nashville Predators, and the Predators are currently chasing uh, Calgary, Edmonton, and Minnesota for the last uh, two spots they're in the NHL playoffs here for the wild cards, I guess, in this case. The problem is, Alex, they've got two games left against Minnesota, one game left against Calgary, and zero games left against Edmonton. How do they make up this ground?
1: Yeah, I, I, they might have to start looking more at the central division than the wild card, and mm. it's only because of exactly what you said. There's, just, there's too many teams to jump in the wild card. There's too many teams that can come up or down. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't think they can catch a team like Edmonton, anyways. I mean, I think Edmonton's just better than them. I, it just they have more talent. They're probably going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to win in the playoffs more consistently than Nashville is, just because of the elite level of talent they have. Um, but, but like a team like Minnesota, I mean, I don't see any reason the Nashville Predators couldn't catch up to them. I think the Predators could catch up to, to Winnipeg, like they did last night. I think they really have to focus on the Central Division race at this point not worry too much about the wild card because in the central division, it's pretty clear. It seems like Dallas and and we can always count on Colorado, even though Colorado's had a ton of injuries, Dallas and Colorado are the the cream of the crop. And then there's St. Louis, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Nashville. One of those teams is going to fly up to the third position. I just, if the Nashville predators can get hot at the right time after this all star break, I think they could beat those three teams. I mean, Remember they're the trailing.
2: They're trailing first. Winnipeg by 11 points. Am, am I looking at this the right way?
1: So Winnipeg will be a tough one to catch, but no, I, I don't think that's that's difficult. Especially because if you consider that, I think they may match up better with them. I, hmm. I really do. I, I, I maybe Winnipeg's not the example, but Minnesota, St. Louis, they can catch those teams pretty easily. They they beat St. Louis earlier in the, in the year six to one. Uh, they, they can they can catch a team like St. Louis. The wild card might be might be one route to go do it but i i just feel like they can probably still get that third place in the in the central to catch it
2: okay uh wanted to uh, chat about you know obviously as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline i, I wanted to gauge your feelings on whether or not the, the the predators are moving one way or the other as far as being buyers or sellers or just uh standing pat with uh the hand they have
1: so there was some talk a while ago that Dante that they might move Dante Favro. I think the the feeling that I get right now is that that probably won't happen because I, I feel like if they are in a position where they're winning more games and they come up to the trade deadline in early March in, a, in about a month, David Poyle is not going to want to move a top, a top defenseman or a, a you know, a, a, a starting defenseman, I guess we should say. Uh, at the deadline, if his team's winning, and that's the situation that Nashville has been in for so long now, where they get in this this groove where they start winning, and and then all of a sudden they're they're either staying in the same team or they're buying. I, I do not think that they're going to get in a position where they want to buy. I don't think David Poyle thinks that. I I, I don't I don't even any way he could buy at the deadline. Like any Bo Horvat talk is that's where I was, gonna, I where I was going.
0: You don't buy it. Yeah, I don't
1: either. I, I, I don't buy that at all. I don't think that's going to happen. There's no way. It, it, buying another player like that at the deadline, even if there's a tri- a signing agreement ahead of it, I think David Poyle is probably done with sign and trade situations uh, as he's done in the past. So I, I think that they they the more likely scenario is that they stay the same team, that they don't trade and they don't. maybe a small minor move, you know, a really, really boring move just to say they did something. Uh, but but I don't think they make any, any big splashes either way.
0: It'll be interesting uh, tomorrow night to see how that plays out before the break. Alex, we appreciate the visit as always. Thanks for doing this. We'll talk soon.
1: Of course. Uh, yep. See you later. All right.
0: Alex Storty covers the Preds for A to Z Sports. Good stuff from him.